You've tuned into series two of the All Things Mental Health podcast, and we're excited to be doing episode two today with our guest, Misha Clark. Misha is a yoga teacher, and she's part of Calm for Kids. Calm for Kids is an organization that offers children the chance to engage with mindfulness from a young age. In this episode, Misha and I will be discussing the benefits of mindfulness for children. Misha, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Would you tell us a little bit about your involvement with Calm for Kids and what your mindfulness practice looks like and what you set out to offer these young people? So I did my training with Calm for Kids um, probably just about just over a year ago I trained with them but I'd been thinking about it for quite a long time and did quite a bit of research about uh, who to train with and what different places offer and having somewhere that was kind of recognized as a, as a name so that people would be more interested or more aware of what it was as a situ- as a as a thing <laughs> um and yeah so it actually came to me, the idea of it came to me while I was meditating about two years ago and I was I was um in a really nice meditation and I just had this vision of me going in and being able to teach primary school kids how to meditate um and so it all sort of stemmed from there and I had this vision and I was just filled with such joy and I was just being able to offer that to kids at such a young age is just phenomenal I teach uh, key stage two so that's seven year olds to 11 year olds and for me I think that's the perfect age to get them when they're for mindfulness I'm actually doing going in and teaching some of the scouts in a couple of weeks so that should be exciting it's all on zoom now at the moment anyway but um I was quite lucky because when I did my training COVID had just started so they transitioned and made the whole course on Zoom anyway so we we had a really good understanding and idea of how to make these classes accessible and fun online um yeah I just I yeah the age the age range is just fantastic so I think feel like any younger than that it's really hard to get them to focus on stuff um and any older than that and sometimes the hormones have got them and it's too late for them for a few years before you can re-engage it's not the same obviously with all all kids but I, I do find that that's just it's a really nice age for engagement and they really get stuff from it even if they don't go away and practice mindfulness every day for the rest of their lives it's something that I find that kids have learned I know I certainly did I I went on a a mindfulness meditation course when I was 17 and I didn't do any for a little while or I did some after the course for a little bit and then I drifted out of it and then when I came back to it it was like oh it was like riding a bike again I mean obviously I was a little rusty (laughs) I feel like your brain uh, mindfulness is a muscle and if you don't regularly practice it it definitely doesn't take long for it to be much more challenging (laughs) so I teach a six-week course and seeing the transformation of them go from not knowing what mindfulness is or thinking they have a little bit of an idea to being able to not let that get overwhelmed by their emotions to be able to name emotions in the body to be able to sit with different feelings to be able to eat more mindfully and do activities more mindfully and learn how to do one thing at a time so you can give it your full attention having the brain any doing any activity just focusing on one thing is is a mindfulness activity so we go through lots of different things uh, we do mindful eating with like sometimes a grape or a piece of chocolate if they're feeling really naughty <laughs> I normally start with a grape and then at the end of the course we do it with a bit of chocolate very good <laughs> <laughs> I, that would definitely get me involved anyway <laughs> 
uh, but it's so nice being able to see them just grow and learn from that I know that there's kids who come in with real difficulties expressing their anger or frustration and being able to take a step back and choose how you react instead of having a reaction what does mindfulness mean to you oh for me I find I uh, I was diagnosed ADHD five four five years ago um and uh, for the first year, I took Ritalin and I took uh, medication for my ADHD and I found that it was really helpful for a year. Um, and then I found it started to give me anxiety and I found it really stressful. And then I, so I stopped taking them and then I found my behaviour become more impulsive and erratic. Um, and I'd had a kind of on-off meditation practice for a long time. And then I just decided um, after speaking, after speaking to some, uh, my therapist and a few other people to really give it a good go. And I, so what I try and do is every morning I wake up and I do some breathing exercises and then I meditate for 30 minutes and I don't miss a day and it's it's took a long time for me to get there but I really noticed the difference like when I first started and I'd miss a day here or there the day where I missed I would be way more erratic I'd be more stressed out and I found myself being more consumed by the thoughts so it didn't have to be positive thoughts or negative thoughts it could be anything and I would find myself getting dragged into it whereas I find the more you sit back and observe the less you get sucked into the stories that you create for yourself and I just yeah it's phenomenal I sleep better I'm more aware of what I'm eating I find I do have a tendency to eat really fast and if I eat really fast and I eat more and then I'm like oh I feel really full and I can't do anything <laughs> and it's like the kind of behaviors that I feel almost quite childlike in, in some respects that kind of lack of awareness in my body whereas when I really pay attention to those things and I take it a little slower um, I actually find that I just feel so much better in myself and the same with all of the activities that I do when you rush through your day at a million miles an hour and you don't give the things that you care and attention and love that each individual activity really deserves you finish the day and you're just like oh instead of being like wow I really enjoyed that or I was really present for that you don't get the same appreciation for those little things I find this is so true recently I was speaking to someone and they were telling me that multitasking isn't thinking and I, I really resonated with that I was like this is very true it's about it's really difficult especially in these times when you think about how to maximize your time and actually you know you can just become some sort of robot of, pro of productivity but actually like you said you're not being mindful about those things and also you're not taking from them the benefits you're not really nurturing them or relishing in, in the experience either yeah. so I think in a time when you really have to work out how to do that even more so it's great that you're being able to really give these children the tools to help them with that in, in now in a much more unsettling and uncertain time for them and having something to draw off of is, is super helpful yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more I find uh, there was um I had a similar conversation about multitasking and it's actually your brain can't multitask it can only focus on one thing at once so if you're doing two things it means you're not paying attention to one thing so I found that that was a bit like oh okay all right maybe I'll stop it's <laughs> so true though this is very true yeah. <laughs> there is a direct correlation between the happiness of people and how mindful they are with the activities that they they pursue and um, isn't that really what we're, we're all about is trying to be more content happy human beings and if we can do that without any stuff 
we don't you don't need anything to try and be more mindful you just need to sit down and breathe if you can do that and that's the key to being more happy in life then that's amazing how is it amazing like everyone you have your own power then that really empowers these kids it empowers adults it empowers everyone I work with to be able to go oh actually I have I have control over this this is something that I can have an influence on I mean sure we all have good days and bad days I definitely have them we're all human but it makes them a lot easier to deal with if you can if you can sit back and be like it's in tomorrow it's another day I can sit with this feeling this feeling's okay may not be the best feeling but it will pass one of my one of my teachers once told me that feelings are feelings are like tunnels and you unless you stay through the whole feeling you never get out of the tunnel and that was a really big thing for me back then because I'd never I, I find it really difficult to sit with difficult emotions I feel like it's not something you're ever taught at school is to be like how do you be sad <laughs> without being like why are you sad your life is fine and but actually it's not it's not all about that it's all relative something very small could have happened and you could be like oh oh why me <laughs> it just has to be on a day where you haven't had enough sleep or you've had to, haven't had enough to eat and it's like oh my pen broke life is just not <laughs> it's not working for me today <laughs> And it's just like, it's it's amazing to be able to give these tools to kids who are going to be able to use them and appreciate them. And it's, especially in a time that's so stressful. And I find, yeah, the, all of this online learning, being able to just take a step back, close your eyes, get away from it. It's just, it's phenomenally beneficial. See if I still feel the same way after teaching a massive group of scouts next week, but I'm pretty sure it's, <laughs> it's, <good. laughs> it's definitely been very enjoyable so far and very rewarding. That's great to hear. I think also what's particularly interesting about mindfulness in, and especially in relation to teaching children the whole process early um, and the practices really is this whole idea of multitasking I find can really manifest itself in two ways one is the idea of multitasking where you are doing lots of tasks and you can see yourself trying to like you were saying trying to complete one thing and then you're doing something else and actually you're not focusing on either one but the other thing that I think mindfulness really helps me with is when your brain is multitasking and you might be trying to actually complete one activity but it's it's going through many a thing in your head about other things you should be doing or what you must do for the rest of the day absolutely this is it so I think the fact that you know as as you grow up you you do start to be more curious and which is a very good thing but at the same time your brain can lose itself and you start to think about different strands more so and and different things you could be doing so I think it's really good that it's it really helps them before they get to other points of a real change really um to work out how to kind of quieten your headspace down because it really allows you to be mindful in whatever you're doing even if that's having a shower you can just enjoy the process of exactly and I think showers are one of those things that are really really good practices for mindfulness when I did my very first course um the one of the homeworks that I got given for the week was to choose one activity a day to do mindfully And I love that. It was amazing. He was like, just go and brush your teeth and really just be present with brushing your teeth. And I'm like, when's the last time I did that? Like probably when I was about, I don't know, a little kid. (laughs) And even then I was probably like, oh, I hate brushing my teeth. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how you just don't do it. It's not something that will just come to you unless, unless you get that kind of opportunity to be 
brought awareness you don't realize like the danger of this of this kind of internal multitasking like you think you know you know that common saying of i, I was in the shower and i was just thinking about blah right which is great and people can say but actually if you go in the shower and all you do is you just keep thinking about different things i find the shower ends up being a, such a stressful experience because <laughs> it's meant to relax you yeah. but you're just there in the shower panicking about everything you have to do so it's like if you can learn to really quieten that and again mindfulness helps you to do that in lots of different activities that time could be really enjoyable you could just relax and really enjoy the whole experience and then come out fresh and and start the day rather than it being some stressy pit which is just not fun yeah that's not that's not ideal not good not good showering (laughs) (laughs) that would put me off showering i think (laughs) anyway (laughs) it's such an important thing to to be able to incorporate that practice as as a child and to just know that you can take a mindful minute and it can it can help calm down any situation that you're in just by being able to take a few deep breaths placing your hands on your belly getting all these little tools that you can carry around with your life that you may have forgot forget about and then something will jog your memory later on or maybe you go and get like I did and go back to have another course later on in life and it's it's all there it's that whole toolkit that you that you have to be able to be successful in yourself and feel content within yourself and I always say to people who are thinking of sort of oh I can't meditate my brain my brain never stays still and I'm like well that's because you're a human (laughs) no one's brain stays still it was a real mind-blowing moment for me when I was in um in Rishikesh in the Himalayas in northern northern India and I was with all of these, all of these very religious people who woke up every morning and they'd wake up at five and they would meditate and they would do this. And their whole day was dedicated to spirituality. And it was just, it was amazing to see the dedication from these people. And I, I remember hearing them having a joke while they were talking on stage about the brain possibly staying still for three minutes. And I was like, ah, if these people who have their entire lives every day dedicated to this can't have their brains sit still for three minutes, then I think that might just be normal. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is because people that you just expect, oh, people who meditate are calm, people who do mindfulness are calm. And I'm like, no, we're all nuts. That's why we meditate. (laughs) Yeah, and it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't just happen you don't just wake up one day and you're like I can sit for 30 minutes I'm like people I tell who who are like yeah I'm gonna try it they'll come back to me and be like oh yeah I put 15 minute time on and I can do it and I was like 15 minutes like try two (laughs) (laughs) two yeah yeah exactly it's a muscle you really need to start from the beginning and it's scary as an adult coming into this sort of situation like learning how to be a beginner at something when you're when you're not a child is it's hard work it's scary and it's like that constant fear of failure or I'm not doing it right or I can't do this or whatever story it is that we've created for ourselves that is some kind of limiting core belief it's it doesn't go away unless you try like you just have to try and it will start I believe everyone everyone can be mindful and everyone can meditate. It just takes a bit of practice, a bit of encouragement, and maybe just someone to guide you. I mean, there's so many amazing little apps that you can get on your phone. Like, I love, there's a mindfulness one that does, that has a six-week course. It's a little blue logo with a yellow M in it, which I really rate. 
and the first week is free and if you like it it's only about five pounds or something and then you've got insight timer as well which has got like fifty thousand free meditations on it it's just there's so there's so many resources that we can use that you can carry around and obviously there's all of those other ones that you can get for kids and the calm apps and things like that but um those two i definitely i like highly recommend they're they're ones that i've used and yeah it's I feel very lucky. I use the insight timer in the morning just just as my bell because I like the sound of the bell on that one. <laughs> so you teach key stage two children, so from the ages of seven to eleven. And what struggles do you think these young people subconsciously bring to their mindfulness practice? And how do you reckon mindfulness has really helped them to unpack those difficulties? It's very varied. There's always. I um I think we've spoken before briefly about uh, the two sort of I see two different types of children when they come in as mindful. I mean, obviously there's there's a massive broad amount of children in the world, but there's kind of two general types. I either find they're really outgoing, they'll really engage with you with the mindfulness, they'll engage with the feedback, they'll engage with the talking. Um, but if you ask them to sit still or find a feeling in their body, they're like. I don't know, but look at this. <laughs> and they'll show me everything in their room. <laughs> or you get the other type who will have slightly more difficulty engaging with some of the activities um, and they'll be able to sit and they'll be able to identify emotions, but actually being able to express that is really challenging. So they're either quite good at working out what it is, but not being able to express it or being very good at expressing, but not quite sure how what it is they're expressing. So it's really trying to get the balance for both of them. So giving giving the tools that each of them needs, like the children who are really out there, uh, sometimes have problems with getting really frustrated or really angry and obviously not having the vocabulary to express it maybe, or even what the feeling is. Because I find that it's almost like unless you're taught and your parents are very emotionally evolved, which doesn't always happen and it's not it's not anyone's fault, but it's really, cha- or even no one gets taught this sort of stuff at school. So it's quite often that people get missed this. So learning what those emotions are and how to express them and where you feel them in your body. Like we do lots of games where we do emotional walks and I say a different emotion and I get everyone to walk like that. And then I, at the end of it, we explain, uh, I ask them how, what changed in their body when they felt that emotion. So like when you're angry, do you screw up your face? Do you hunch your shoulders? Do you, when you're sad or lost or lonely, do you, how do you, how do you hold yourself? Can you change how you feel by changing how you're sitting? Those sort those sort of amazing things that you just, unless you get the opportunity to do these things, it's it, it's not something you necessarily come across. And I think it's absolutely invaluable for kids to be able to express themselves because then they become into adults that can express themselves. And then the other type of child who has very good idea of what the feelings are, but doesn't necessarily have the words for it, being able to give them an opportunity and a safe space to try and be able to express that. Maybe in different ways, we use drawings, we use pictures, we use colours. How does that, is it, is it cold is it hot is it heavy how does it feel helping give them the vocabulary and the words to try and try and express themselves it's lovely being able to see them grow in such a way to balance out where they may be struggling and obviously now with the coronavirus all these classes are now online like you were saying and you've been trained to sort of work in that format which has been must be like you said really beneficial to know how to do that in in this time but these children will be obviously practicing mindfulness in the same space that they also work and sleep in and all those things so how do you think the online mindfulness practice maybe helps them to reform 
form the space that they're in i think it's really good because it's not you can we do things as well with sort of sound and what you can see so if they're in that space all day to close down the eyes and try and identify five sounds that they can hear outside and then five sounds that they can hear inside and then seeing if they can hear anything in their own bodies so bringing that attention from the outside slowly in so it doesn't matter like what space you're in in the sense that you can make any space your mindfulness space because it's internal and being able to give them the tools to be able to do that that's great because that means they can also then take that with them anywhere it's like a little suitcase that you have that you can always just you know look into i'm all about expanding the toolbox (laughs) (laughs) so your practice really focuses on the importance of breathing as well so would you mind talking us through that a little bit one of my dear friends is a singing teacher for children and she says that when the kids come to her when they reach about sort of 11 years old roughly they stop breathing in their bellies as much so when we breathe all the way down to the bottom of our bellies it calms down our nervous system so it turns on our parasympathetic nervous system which is our rest and restore and turns off the sympathetic nervous system which is the fight or flight our fight and flight nervous system can be activated really easily it can be something as simple as something making you jump so it may be the elevator dings and you weren't expecting it not that we get to go in many of those at the moment (laughs) but maybe someone beeps the car outside the house and it's like oh so anything even something small that can make you jump some people are more susceptible than others i know that if something bangs off the side i'm like oh my gosh what's happened (laughs) and it's really important to learn how to turn turn that back back off because unless we actively do that the body stays in that fight or flight and then produces more cortisol which is stress hormone so and so what i was saying was uh she works with these children and when they come to her they stop breathing there because uh she her her reckonings are and i i'd be i'd be inclined to support this is that it's unattractive in society to have a large sticky out tummy so they would suck their tummies in and breathe more through the chest and just by doing this it can make you feel more anxious and more stressed. So learning, relearning those break breathing techniques is so important. We can we can reteach the body how to calm down and relax. We spend so much of our time and it happens so gradually. Do you ever notice when you're when you're slowly getting something's irritating you and it's like the shoulders like creep up just a little bit? And then because the shoulders have creeped up, you've sucked your tummy in a little bit. So you're actually breathing a little higher up here. And then it's like, oh, and actually now I'm frowning, and then like my jaws clenched and I'm like hold on a second (laughs) and your whole your whole physicality can change so quickly with such subtle movements and just learning how to be in tune with your body by breathing can help soften those and it will help you sleep better it will help you digest your food better it will help you be more bodily aware it will help you be less reactive it will help yeah it's just incredible it's incredible what breath can do i mean it's a whole section in yoga we we focus mainly on the physical asana in the west but breathing is equal importance if anything as important maybe even more important than the physical practice and we're delighted to announce that misha has been very kind enough to offer a free uh, yoga meditation session for our listeners where we'll be focusing on breathing as well misha thank you so much for offering this first off oh it's a pleasure i'm i'm really excited i have too so so this this free session will be happening really soon so be sure to follow our instagram page which is at all things stop mental health and you'll get all the updates on there misha thank you so much for joining us today it was an absolute pleasure to have you it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me